0: Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed.
1: Arizona, Colorado, Indiana, Michigan, Tennessee, and Virginia. Windbed is now live in all these states. And the excitement of Win Las Vegas has finally landed in online sports betting and casino play. From boosted parlays to live in-game odds on every major sports, WinBet gives you the tools to win. Sign up today for your risk-free $1,000 sports bet. Download the WinBet app now, or visit w y n n to start winning. On today's episode of the Pride Podcast, we have our Detroit Lions versus the Denver Broncos final review. We're going to talk about the game in a little bit more detail, and we're also going to crown this week's oopsie doopsie and baller of the week on episode 216 of the Pride Podcast.
2: Blue With
1: the seventh pick in the 2021 NFL Draft. The Detroit Lions select Panay Sewell. Tackle. Oregon. Oh, he's going to run it straight in. Jared go. Yes. Clark, Touchdown, yes. Detroit Lions. TJ Hawkinson. Yes. They did it. They tied
2: it.
0: They're an extra point away from winning this game. Oh, baby. How big is that? <laughs>
2: yo what is going on guys welcome back to the pride podcast episode 216 on the blue wire network i am your host tyler Jamo a main guy as always mr malcolm hartnope here with us today, but i got my man malcolm with us today. malcolm how you doing today on this monday
1: Woo! let's go man how you doing bro
2: There we go. I think that I think this is something you'll appreciate, you know, being on these elements rather than the Spotify green room on Sunday. I'm looking at your face right now and you don't have to be, you know, kiss lip in your mic right now. You have a nice distance right now and you you could talk from a distance and and it sounds very good.
1: This is the point I'm trying trying to say that it's not my mic. It is Spotify green room that is (laughs) screwing up everything right now. So, yeah, um, that's the situation we have with Spotify green room. But. We'll see if we're gonna stay with them too long. I'm not too sure because of yeah. the audio issues. <laughs> but yeah, man, I'm here. I'm not kissing my mic, and I'm here to talk about Detroit Lions football.
2: Yeah, that, that's my biggest regret on Spotify. Groom. We we don't have you know the I can't see your face on Spotify. Groom. It's just audio, they so I can't actually, I I can't see you actually you know having your mic like this, just talking really up close and. and I think that'd be hilarious. It was embarrassing. It was
1: embarrassing. It was embarrassing and nobody was there to see it. But I I just felt ridiculous. It just felt felt stupid. And um, I'm I'm just glad I don't have to do that right now. That's so
2: funny. All right. Let's get into this Lions-Broncos game that took place last Sunday. We were recording today (sighs) after the game. This is Monday night. Let's just get into some injuries before we get into that. Um, I want to talk about one that just – it sucks, man. An injury that I, I just did not want to see and something that just wasn't deserved, man. Wasn't deserved. Cornerback Jerry Jacobs It is confirmed that he tore his ACL in that game versus the Denver Broncos and he will be out for the remainder of the season and potentially going to miss some time next year as well as, as far as coming into camp. And we'll see as far as you know how the recovery goes throughout the whole offseason. But that's just a guy. He obviously, he injuries from the start for, for anyone, but for especially a guy like that, man, a guy that fought through so much adversity, was a long shot to make this roster, a long shot to even play if he did make this roster. He overcame all those things, undrafted free agent, and balled out. He balled out absolutely at that starting back spot, made a lot of good plays every week and I was was at the point where even after that Viking game I was calling him every week Jerry that was his nickname he was making a play every single week and I think it's just so unfortunate so early into that football game versus the Broncos that you know he went down and suffered the torn ACL and man that just sucks for the Lions because it seems like we actually found a guy he was playing out of his mind for an undrafted free agent and then just for the guy himself because You just see, you know, how he reacted on Twitter, you know, before the injury, just like he has that heart. He has that passion. And, you know, it just, man, that sucks, man. That absolutely sucks to see a guy like Jerry Jacobs go down.
1: Yeah, absolutely. It is. It is terrible, man. You don't want to see any player go go down, but especially a guy like Jerry Jacobs, who, like you said, went through so much adversity, made his way to be a big contributor in in, in the roster and being that starter starting cornerback. It it is tough, man. And having this happen so late in the season and knowing that it's gonna affect him next year, and you know, he's gonna miss some time in training camp, you know, mini camp, all that stuff that he, you know, needs, you know, just to grow as a player. Um, he's gonna miss out a lot of that. But I do believe he's gonna bounce I have a feeling he's gonna bounce back and still be a really good player and be able to have, you know, finish off his NFL career.
2: I saw a tweet from Dan Miller, Lions Radio play-by-play guy said if you're you know, if there's anyone to come back from this injury and have a good comeback and have that motor to come back and, you know, continue to do what he was doing and just get better, it's Jerry Jacobs. Absolutely. Just the guy that has, he has heart, man. He has heart and he he gives himself 110% every single snap.
1: Yeah, yeah, absolutely, man. So right now I'm just wishing for the best, man. Hopefully, you know, I'm just hoping that everything goes well with surgery and he's able to go through the recovery and get back on the field as soon as possible, man.
2: And then also a quick injury update, not significant, which is good news. Linebacker Alex Anthony, who, you know, has just been an iron for this team, doesn't really miss many snaps. He went down in this game versus the Bronx as well. Dan Campbell has listed his injuries a day to day. So that's also good news to hear about Alex Anzaloni. It looks like we could potentially be getting him back next game versus the Arizona Cardinals. And then some other roster news the Lions were awarded safety Brady, Brady Breeze uh, via waivers from the Tennessee Titans. And then they obviously officially placed Jerry Jacobs on reserve. So Brady Breeze will be taking Jerry Jacobs spot on the roster. If you're looking for analysis on Brady Breeze, I'm sorry. I, I didn't really do the research <laughs> on it. I'm sorry. Uh, I, was gonna, I was just
1: about to ask. I was just about to ask, man. Like, how was how he?
2: I mean, I got some details. I don't know how he, as a player, honestly, but six-round pick in this last upcoming draft in the 2020 draft uh, by the Titans, I believe, and – so that's all I got. He went to Oregon, Penay Sewell connection. Sweet. I mean, that's, that's all I got for safety. <laughs> so another young guy in that
1: secondary, man. Yeah. And you say he's safety, right? He plays safety? Safety, sir, from Oregon. So, okay.
2: That, that's about all I got on Brady Breeze. He's on your 53-man roster. I guess intrigued to see Brady Breeze. Sure. <laughs> okay. Well,.
1: Detroit Lions football is finally back, and there's no need to exhaust yourself searching all over the internet to find Detroit Lions tickets anymore, because TickPick, that's T-I-C-K, P-I-C-K, is the original no-fee ticket site and the only one you'll ever need as your go-to for all NFL tickets. TickPick got rid of all those awful service fees that all the other ticket sites charges, which let them guarantee the best price on all the NFL tickets. Don't believe it? If you find a better price for the same seats on another ticket site, TickPick will give you 110% of the difference in your purchase price. So if you're headed to Ford Field to watch your Detroit Lions take on the Arizona Cardinals, then TickPick got you covered. Visit TickPick.com slash Pride Podcast today to save $10 on your first order of your Detroit Lions tickets.
2: all right uh let's talk about this game now and malcolm I, I didn't want to say i told you so but i told you so oh um, did, did, you, did you hit a money line or something like
1: that no um it was a pass from jefferson to stafford 52 yards
2: oh
1: oh, oh. Ooh. Ooh. That, that's Ooh. so
2: as an underdog pick, so which is also yeah. a promo code pride pod they're matching up to your first <laughs> hundred dollars <laughs> <laughs>
1: But Yeah, go yeah. ahead. Um, go, 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 ahead. go up, get, Let it out. Let it out. God damn it. You're already about to say it. Let it out. I didn't want to say I told you so, but I told you so, man. I mean, I don't know what you expected. <laughs> I don't know what oh, you expected man. yesterday, dude. I mean, I expected what we saw in the first half. That's what I expected. That's what I expected. You know what? That This loss, I don't think it was more of, oh, no, we're so hindered by injuries and that's why we lost. I think we just lost because we had a we, we, we effed up. We f up. We, we had too many F-ups. F and why game. did we F up? Why did we F up? Um, You know, players from the ball. We had some fourth down decisions that, you know, in, in your own territory. The thing is, we were running the ball with success. You know, we were down both of our starting running backs, which was a huge issue saying, oh, you know, we don't have a starting running backs. But, you know, Reynolds came in there and did what he had to do. And he he handled the, the running game. So we were able to run the ball. We were able to move the ball. So I don't think our offense took that much of a hit, even though we were missing our, you know, our star, our key guys. So I, I don't feel like it was, this game was mainly because of the guys are out. We were down a lot and we had a lot of, you know, a lot of guys playing, you know, unfamiliar territory. Like, you know, we got um, Nicole Roby Coleman in there. Um, you know, he was, a, ended up being our starting corner. You know, that was an ideal. Corner outside corner that wasn't ideal you know so I mean there's a lot of things but I think the Detroit Lions handled it well I think what doomed them was the F-ups so you said
2: fourth down decision so that's on the coaching staff so you thought some of this game is on the coaching staff as well
1: this I I will say some of it you know this I know a lot of people like the aggressiveness but it's, it's a time and a place when they go for these fourth down plays. And the thing is, you know, he went to – you, um, Dan Campbell went for it on fourth down on his own territory several times. And he actually converted some, you know, which was, you know, thank God. But um, I just don't like when you put – you know, they're on their own 33. And this is – let's just talk about the second half. Let's just talk about the doom, the doom quarter, the third quarter. All right, the doom quarter. That's why I call it the doom quarter. So, you know, after the godwin Ikubike fumble – you know, the Broncos ended up scoring, okay? They scored, and they took a 14-point lead at that time. We get the ball back, and now we're – I believe they were on a fourth and – fourth and three or fourth and two, something like are that. Something are you talking
2: like, about the turnover on downs?
1: Yeah, the turnover on downs. Fourth when and it, two. It was fourth and two. So they're on their own 33-yard line. I don't – that's that's a spot. I get it. You're down by 14 – I get it. You know, you're kind of – your defense is banged up, so you need to put up some points. I get it. But look what you did. You know, you're on your own 33. They pretty much had to take, like, what, three, four plays to get to the end zone? It's like – Four plays. Four plays. You, you just can't give up good field position like that. I, I, it's, just, it's just stuff like that. that it just, he has to know when – to go for the fourth down and when not to go for it. So they had a good percentage, and I, I get it, but you just can't be doing this, man. Because on that play, look, in a second, we we're down by 21 points. And I think that from that moment, the game was over. The game was a wrap. We lost the game at that point.
2: Once they scored the touchdown after the turnaround down. Because at, then at that point, it was 31 10. So yeah, it, it
1: was a 21 point game. Yeah. And yeah. You, you, the momentum was sucked out of the team already. The game was, the game was over. There was nothing really the Lions could do to really bounce back and get back in that game. I See,
2: I I usually agree with you. I'm not the type of guy that likes to go for it inside my own territory because I just I, – I think it's a bit reckless, and I know Pierre would think otherwise right now. But um, in that situation, I don't know why. I, I, I was okay with it just because I felt like you had some momentum going – because you just completed like the 20-yard, 19-yard pass to you Josh sure Reynolds. You did. And you made it fourth and true, because it was third and long. And in, in previous weeks, Dan Campbell even put the trust in Jared Goff to to throw the ball even close to the sticks. It would probably just been a draw play, and then we're going to punt the ball, and we're going to give the Broncos back the ball, and we're going to trust our defense, even though we were down, I believe it was 24-10 at that point. Yeah. So I was okay with that decision. I think you were just so shorthanded, and – your defense had moments, especially in that first half, but I thought ultimately, I, I thought that Broncos' offense had an edge on your defense, especially in the running game. The Lions just didn't really have much of an answer with the Broncos' running backs. Javante Williams, Melvin Gordon, it didn't really matter who was really running the ball. I was okay with them going that with that fourth down in that certain moment. I think when there are you know, have better personnel and when they're in more of a football game? Because I, I think if they did punt that ball, I think we still get the same result. And I, and I understand your point is that you're giving them a touchdown or you're giving them an automatic three points and you're not even putting anything on your defense to even stop them from getting any points. But I, I was just at the point where it's like the Broncos were just driving down our throats. It didn't really matter. And I, I know you mentioned the first half where they gave up 17 points and the, the Lions defense got some stops. But ultimately, I thought it was – the Broncos getting just a little too cute. I, I think they had the edge all game with the with their running backs and and their offensive line just kind of manhandling our defensive line pretty much all game. I know the Lions got the three and out, but ultimately I think even if we did punt the ball, I think the Broncos still score ultimately. But I understand your standpoint is like you're not even giving your defense a shot and that they're gonna they're gonna score regardless if you do not recover if you do not convert this fourth down. But I think when you're just that shorthanded and you saw how the game was going and your defense was just, it, it was getting manhandled by that Broncos team. So I was okay with it. Try to keep some momentum going forward and maybe score a touchdown and then make it a one possession game again.
1: Yeah. I mean, like, like I said, because he, he went for it several times in his own territory and he, and he converted and you know, it's one of those damn you do damn you don't, you know, he yeah. converted on those and I'm not even talking about the ones that he converted on, you know, I'm talking about the ones that he didn't convert on. And that, that's, that's just the nature of the beast, man. Yeah, just uh, it's tough.
2: You see, Malcolm, and usually when we convert them, I'm the one who's th- I'm usually the guy who's saying that was a stupid decision. I'm not with that decision. But like, I don't know why with this one, I was OK with it just because of how the game was trending.
1: I mean, yeah, I I, I guess I see what you're talking about as far as, you know, they're shorthanded. The defense, you know, they're 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 beat. They're beat up. You know, the yeah. defense is beat up. You know, we lost Jerry. We lost Alex. They were they were they were beat up, so I, I get and their it. Their
2: O line was killing us.
1: It, it was, but then you Running just got an animal. I guess you just got to you know, and I guess my th- my thought is you know you punt the ball and you, and you just hope that you could do something. Yeah, and you have a yeah. you have a bigger opportunity to possibly do something. Like I'm not saying they're gonna you know, st- the the results will, will be different, but. Who knows? Maybe they get a bad snap and you get a fumble, or maybe you're able to punch the ball out, or something happens. You know, you have a bigger opportunity to, you know, make a big stop.
2: No, yeah. I mean, you're you're putting the game right there if you miss it. If you miss that fourth down, you know, you're making it like you mentioned, a twenty-one point game, a seventeen point game, whatever it is. If it's a field goal, if it's a touchdown, if they don't convert that fourth down, which they didn't, th- yeah, the, the game is essentially over, which they put all their eggs in the baskets on that play, essentially.
1: Yeah. I mean, so it was tough. So I mean, I, I don't know, man. Do you how do you do you feel like that we lost this game due to our situation or do you think this no matter if we had our full people out there it was also would have been the same?
2: Yeah, I mean, ultimately I I just think it's tough to put it on the coaching staff being on short notice, only having one full day to practice, on the road versus an emotional Denver Broncos team which rest in peace Demarius Thomas. I thought they did a great ceremony for him. A little off topic, but emotional Denver Broncos team in the middle of a playoff race in a tough environment with a young team who is just not prepared for moments like this. They're not a veteran team that's, you know, been in the league for multiple years. Do they have some guys been in the league for multiple years? Yeah, but they're not a team ultimately that has, you know, that experience where they could just walk into a game without practice. There's very little guy, very minimal guys, on this roster that they could miss a whole week in practice and be okay for a game i i have maybe one or two guys on this roster i think alex anzalone maybe michael brockers maybe there's some other guys that i'm not thinking on top of my head but those are like the two top veteran guys i could think on the top of my head that they're probably okay if they don't have practice during the week everyone else there's a lot of guys making their debuts in this game craig reynolds didn't phase him at all but making his debut the tight end What's his name? Z- Zystro? I, I forgot. Yeah.
1: We couldn't even – I don't think we were even able to say his name properly <laughs> um, during not the pregame. Rude, but, but yeah.
2: Not to be rude, but I don't think we're going to have to really worry about that down the line. But...
1: Ooh, God damn, that is rude. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> that, that was unnecessary. But, you know, it just it – was, it was a tough game, man. It was a really tough game. So I can't put it on the coaching staff. I thought they honestly – Played their tails off for what they had. I mean, they, they made it a one-score game in the first half. It was a 17-10 to 10 ball game. Defense had some nice stops, even being shorthanded. I don't know, man. I'm just not mad about this game. I, I can't be mad about this game.
1: Yeah, there, there's no reason to be mad at this game. I mean, as a fan, I mean, you, you came in this game with no expectations anyway. I mean, mm-hmm. you knew what we had. But seeing what they did in the first half, and then seeing what they did in the second half. Like, who are you putting blame on as far as that meltdown in the second half?
2: Okay, you know, I have a, I have a, someone I'm going to put the blame on. It's not on the Lions side. It's the Denver Broncos. I thought they just got too cute. I think they could have done this the whole game if they really wanted to, and I think the first, the first half could have been out of hand if they really wanted to be. But what they did was they went away from that run game a little bit, and they started to try to pass a little bit with Teddy Bridgewater, and it just wasn't really working. I know they wanted to, you know – try to probably test that line secondary with Nikhil Roby Coleman, because ultimately that is a mismatch. You're putting Corlin Sutton, Tim Patrick, Jerry Judy, whoever it may be. That's a mismatch on Nikhil Roby Coleman on the outside. But what the Broncos were doing were they adjust the game plan a little bit, which they also went back to in the second half. So I put the, you know, why that game was close. I put on the Denver Broncos more than I put the Detroit Lions keeping a good game, honestly. Like I know they got the touchdown, good play designed by Dan Campbell to get that touchdown. But ultimately, I blame the Denver Broncos for not scoring more points in that first half than the Detroit Lions melting down the second half. Mm. I mean, I think this was the game. I think this was the game all the way through. I thought it was going to be a blowout from the start. They did it from the start, but then they had that 14-0 lead. And then I, I just I don't understand why you adjust. The run game was not, you know, it was working. I don't know why they went away from it for a little way, but ultimately they went back to it, and that's the Lions couldn't stop it. I, th-
1: I think I think it's because we I think it's because the Lions drove down the field and scored and I guess it got with like in a panic mode. They're like, "Oh, the Lions scored! I mean, let's put up points quick." So I believe that you know with our injuries in the secondary, they definitely wanted to test those guys. But Teddy Bridgewater is not that good.
2: He's not good.
1: No, he's I, mean, not. I mean he's
2: he's he's like he's like average to below average, more on the below average side though.
1: Okay. Yeah, he's exactly like like you said. His name, Teddy Bridge. Bridgewater. Bridge. <laughs> Bridgewater. He's a bridge, he's a bridge he's quarterback. A bridge, he's a bridge quarterback. Man, so do you have any positives from this game as far as I take any players that you want to
2: Craig Reynolds? Craig I think Reynolds. Craig Reynolds, and I got another positive. This is so exciting. I think you're gonna love this. I think the Lions finally have an offensive scheme and an offensive line of whoever you put out there or whoever running back you put out there, it's going to work. And that is just such a good thing. It gives me San Francisco 49ers vibes. And, you know, who's my favorite coach? Kyle Shanahan. Yeah. It gives me vibes of that a little bit. It's like, I don't care who's in the backfield. I don't care who my offensive line is. I'm going to run the ball successfully. The Lions had Craig Reynolds, who was making his NFL debut, or it wasn't his NFL debut. I think he had two carries prior to that. Damn near his NFL debut. First NFL start. All right. You had Godwin Ikebuke, the former safety from Northwestern. Stupid fumble. But regardless. They were working, you know. It didn't matter who lives back there. It didn't matter who was running the ball. It do, it doesn't matter who's running the ball all year for the Lions. The run game has been successful, and that's a big positive I got in this game. And Panay Sewell, he's a freaking dog. He's a freaking beast, man. Number one rated right tackle from Pro Football Focus this week. That's what that's what you want to see.
1: That's good stuff, man.
2: That that is definitely my biggest positive, I and mean, and something that I could look not just in this game, but I could look ultimately. Down the line, I could look at something and it's like, I don't care who's on my offense line. I don't care who's running the ball. I have confidence in this running scheme. I have confidence in the guys that we have that we could run the ball successfully at any time being versus any team.
1: So where do you see Craig Reynolds as far as going forward? Like, where, Do you see him like, all right, they're not going to put this guy back in the practice squad. He's he's he, they they probably seen enough to say, all right, you need to get some carries.
2: I'm intrigued. I'm intrigued uh, by Craig Reynolds. If the Lions want a direction where they want to just maybe shut down DeAndre Swift for the rest of the year because we know what we got in Swift, and maybe you can, you know, get some treads off the tires right now. Just let him rest the rest of the year. Season's a lost cause. And maybe you just want to get a look at some of these guys. I think I'd be ultimately okay with that. You just rest DeAndre Swift for the rest of the year. Maybe a guy like Craig Reynolds takes the roster spot, and maybe Craig Reynolds could get more of a look in, in these next, what, four games that we got. We got the Cardinals, we got. Seahawks and we got the Packers and I'm, I'm missing Falcons and the Falcons. Okay. And I know we have four more games left. So ultimately I think I'd be okay with that. You know what you got in Deandre? Let's see what Craig Reynolds could do with more of an opportunity. You know, I'm, I'm completely okay with that. Jamal Williams too. Not necessarily you have to make him a healthy scratch or anything like that. You can have him activated, but maybe minimize the touches for a guy like Jamal Williams once he's activated off the COVID-19 list. And maybe you get more of a look from these guys like Craig Reynolds, once Jamar Jefferson gets a little more healthy, I know that he didn't really get an opportunity. I heard an emerge the option if they really needed him. If someone went down, maybe get more of a look from him. God, we be okay. I think this is a good opportunity to see what you got on these young guys. And I'd be ultimately okay with that if they want to rest DeAndre for the rest of the year and then maybe minimize the touch of Jamal Williams and just see what you could have in these guys.
1: Yeah. I mean, Craig Reynolds, man, really, really great game for him, man. He's a guy that – I wish they would have gave him more carries, man. He only he, he had eleven carries for eighty three yards, seven. He averaged seven and a half yards per carry. That's really good, man. And they should have just kept it rolling. But I See. get it; he's young. They don't want to. Oh, they want to burn him out. But sh-
2: this guy's got good vision, man. For yeah. for a guy making a, tackles man, for for a guy tackles. making his first career start. I mean, he's patient, dude. He's got good vision. He he looks for those holes and a credit to the Lions' offensive line as far as run protection they were making holes for guys craig reynolds or Godwin you can pick it, whoever's running the ball back there and those guys took advantage of the opportunities that they were being given and th- that's a testimony to hank Fairley, and that's a testimony to the running schemes that they built and you can give credit to dan campbell ben johnson anthony lynn whoever it may be whoever made these game plans in in the you know while making these game plans whenever um that that's a big credit to them because the running game has been successful this year. That's my biggest takeaway. I think from the season is the running game just finally get going on a consistent level, which is just great to see finally. Because as a Lions fan, I have never seen that.
1: Yeah, I mean, this is a probably probably for you, probably one of our best running games we had. Yeah, for you to witness as a fan. But um, mm-hmm. yeah, I mean, it's, it's it's solid, man. It's solid. I mean, the, the fumbles from Godwin Kubikay. Kind of bothered me.
2: Yeah, you can't have stuff like that.
1: Yeah, I mean, I, again, I'm just looking at the numbers, and I just really wish it just would have went with Craig Reynolds more, man. Because God Godwin, mean, was getting his touches, but I mean, he only averaged three three point one yards per carry. Mm-hmm. He had eight. He had eight um, carries, twenty five yards. Um, averaged three point one. He had uh, one crucial fumble. or Should have had two fumbles, which is, I stepped mean, yeah, he, he stepped out. So. Luckily, that happened, but man, I wish they would have just divided his carries more into Craig Reynolds' side since he was already averaging seven and a half yards a carry. Man, just give you they should just kept feeding Craig Reynolds. They probably would have been able to, you know, had more offensive success if they would have did that.
2: Yeah, I think that's fair. Uh, but something I was, you know, glad to see a little bit too, and something that we've been mentioning is that they let Jerk off a little sling it a little bit more. They gave him some yes. more opportunities to pass and. Like we said, if it doesn't work, that's fine. But we're, we're seeing opportunities, and at, at moments during the game, it worked. And I'm, I'm not okay with that. I just want to see what he could do. I want to see what these receivers could do. And there was moments during the game where th- those guys made some nice plays. I mean, Monroe St. Brown had some nice plays. Josh Reynolds just passed the ball downfield a little bit more and taking shots. I was proud of Dan Campbell because when we were you know deep into our zone, like you mentioned when we went for that fourth down, I thought we were just going to run a draw play with like Ikebuke or Craig Reynolds, and then just pump this ball to the Broncos. But what Jer- or I mean, what Dan Campbell called up and what Jared Goff ended up completing was a 19 yard pass or 18 yard pass, whatever uh, it was exactly, and it gave him an opportunity to go for it and keep the drive going. Where in previous weeks we saw the Lions just play scared and they would just run this ball and just pump the ball back to the Denver Broncos.
1: Yeah, that was that was what they're doing in the past. I think I read. I really believe that now, with that, we have our edge guys there. We have, you know, Panay we have you know, Taylor Decker. I think they have more trust in their offensive line and not getting golf killed.
2: Even with the Ray McCollum, I mean, Ryan McCollum, I always say Ray McCollum. He's a former basketball player. He's played played for, played for like the Pistons for like a preseason. I don't know why. He's, every time I think of McCollum, I always think of Ray yeah. McCollum, but it's Ryan McCollum. Yeah, right. But no, I mean, they, they were passable, I even mean, with Ryan McCollum as the starting center. and he wasn't perfect. He had some times no. where, where he got ru- bull rush or whatever. Yeah,
1: they, they they really got after him.
2: Yeah, but they still had trust into the offensive line where they're going to still pass this ball numerous times.
1: Yeah, they did, and he took a lot of shots, man. That's why I know a lot of people were hard on golf in and in, in social media. It was hard on golf, and I was actually, you know, I wasn't too bad on golf because you know he was actually letting the ball go. You yeah. know, that's all I ask. That's all I ask is him, don't you know, take the shots, you know. If it's not there, it's not there. You know, he's going to make his mistakes. You know, we've seen some crazy stuff with golf. There was a play that he actually, he was wearing the goal line, and he rolled out, and there was like three, three wide guys open, wide open. Yeah. And then he decided to hit the, <laughs> he decided to throw it to the hardest target, the last guy in the back. He could have hit the two yeah, guys front, in the front. Right. Yeah. I mean, you're going to see those type of plays from golf. It's golf. He does That's shit sure, like golf. this. No, that, that, but, but, this is the Jared
2: Go- but this is the Jared Goff I expected when we when we acquired him. Like, I, I knew this is what the Jared Goff we were getting. This isn't a franchise quarterback by any means, but he has some talent, and they should utilize it a little bit more. I'm not here to tell you that we should keep Jared Goff in the long run. I am absolutely not advocating that one bit at all, but I'm just glad they're actually trying stuff now, and we're seeing somewhat success w- with Jared Goff a little bit. I'm not – Telling you to think otherwise of Jared Goff. But he wasn't as bad as the guy we saw earlier in the year. I I think that was just a terrible model of Jared Goff. I still think he's a terrible quarterback. I still don't think he's a starting quarterback in the NFL. But I think he was not as bad as what we saw him earlier in this year.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And I think a lot of it goes to how they were calling the plays. Yeah. The the chemistry with the receivers – the, the the offensive line being, you know, shuffled in. I think it was a mixture of all that. And I used to say that at the beginning. I used to say it's a mixture of all that, man, and the reason why he's playing this bad. Mm-hmm. Like, I knew Jerry Goff was not, not good, not great, but I knew he wasn't as bad as we saw earlier in the year. That was, just, that was just downright terrible.
2: I think he's worse than I expected, so I want to change my opinion a little bit. I think he's a little worse than I expected when we acquired him. I thought he was just a little better, but – I didn't think he was as bad as how low he was at that one point during the midway through the season. So I yeah. I, I think this is just what Jared Goff is. He's kind of like your Teddy Bridgewater. Like he's a guy who could start for you, but it's definitely not ideal in my opinion.
1: No, right now it's probably not ideal. I mean, speaking of ideal, do you see him starting for us next year?
2: I'm still in the boat that I think they should still bring in a veteran quarterback and have him compete. I don't think the job should be given to him. I think ultimately that he'll probably end up winning the job in 2022 and and camp, but I wouldn't be opposed to bringing a veteran quarterback. I don't know necessarily what the market looks like, but if you want to bring some guys who have had some starting experience, like a Tyrod Taylor or a Marcus Mariota or whoever the hell is out there. I don't know what what the market exactly looks like, but I think I'd be okay with I, this is actually what I want. I want I want to see some competition in that quarterback position. I don't want this job to be a given because I don't think we're going to draft a quarterback just because I don't think there's anyone worth the pick. I think it's going to be probably an edge rusher, assuming that we get the number one, number two pick. Uh, I think it'll probably be an edge rusher, and I think that's probably the way to go because that looks, as of right now, the BPA approach, and that's going to be the best player available. It's going to be a Kavadon Thibodeau or a Aiden Hutchinson. So, as far as the starting quarterback next year, I just want to see competition. I don't think the job should be given to him, and I, I think he should have, to, should have to earn that job in camp and in preseason. And ultimately, I think he will probably end up winning that job, though.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's a big possibility.
2: All right, let's do the oopsie-doopsie of the week.
1: Oh, boo-hoo, let me play a sad song for you on the world's smallest violin.
2: Okay, uh, oopsie-doopsie of the week. This is a tough one. I mean, I know they got manhandled. They looked really bad. I hate to call out specific players in in a situation like this because ultimately they were just not met and ready for this type of game. I mean, a lot of guys were making their debuts, uh, only had one day to prepare for this. I mean, it's just a hard element. So it's hard to be critical on these type of players like this. But if I had to give it to someone specifically, it's probably Godroni Kabuke. I mean, had a very crucial fumble, took all the momentum away from the Lions that they had going. They had the ball to start the second half, only down one score. It was 17-10 at that point. Had the ball to start the second half and then fumbled the ball and then all the momentum was gone at that point. So I think that's where the game really ultimately shifted. So if I had to give it to a specific Person is probably Godwin Kubuke, even though I feel really bad doing this right now. But it's Godwin Kabuke,
1: man. But whoopsie doopsie the week goes a Godwin Ugo BK from Northwestern, Western,
2: man. That's just ah, that ouch. Ah, I don't feel good about
1: that. He has to go to somebody, man. It has to do, go you to agree somebody.
2: do you agree with that though?
1: Absolutely, you do. He pissed me off that game. <laughs> It is what it is I don't don't blame you Yeah, I mean, it it is what it is It has to go to somebody, unfortunately He had a rough game, he knows it It's going to go to him All right. so the baller of the week I'm pretty sure Pierre will agree with me on this one Um, I'm going to give it to somebody And this is weird because this guy didn't even get a touchdown But um, Craig Reynolds he is the baller of the week. He had 11 carries, 83 yards, average seven and a half yards per carry. Again, I know I said this earlier he should have got more carries. You know he could have eclipsed 100 yards easily if he'd probably have got like at least four, five more carries. I think he would eclipse 100 yards easily. But you know they stopped feeding him the ball, and you know it is what it, it could have been because of the, the score got got out of hand very quickly in the third in the third quarter. So that probably is the reason why, but yeah craig reynolds um ball of the week
2: yeah no disagreement there i mean there wasn't really anyone else that specifically stood out i know Penesua, one number one player of pff
1: Absolutely. Focus. He, he could have been that guy too he yeah. he he was phenomenal yeah
2: i mean it's a little it's not sexy that's why it's an offensive lineman unless you're like having pancakes you're not going to watch out for a guy like Pinesua to to get this type of this honor because at the end of the day, it's usually the guy who's making the most highlights. And Panay Sewell is the guy that generates the highlights, but ultimately is not going to be the name that's going to be in the highlight or called as the highlight. It's just kind of like Snacks. You know, Snacks was my favorite player because he was a grinder. He wasn't a stat stuffer. He was a guy that is going to affect a game, but is not going to show up in the stat sheet. And that's how Panay Sul is right now. And that's just how offensive linemen are in general. But uh, especially Panay Sewell with how productive he's been this year, it's just kind of like, the nose tackle. It's a guy that is not going to show up in the stat sheet, but he's been super effective, and he's the reason why a lot of things are happening on your offense or in Snacks' instance on the defense.
1: Yeah, absolutely, man. I'm i am so glad we got Panay man. I think he's going to be that, that piece for a very, 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 guy, very, man. very long time. Panacea
2: is that guy, man. And th- this just feels good because it always feels like every single draft, and I hate to look at previous drafts, but it's like, oh, man, what if we had this guy? Look at this guy right after the Lions pick is balling right now. Like, it's always that story.
1: They're doing that right now.
2: They are doing that, Michael Parsons. And ultimately, yeah. that's fair because Michael Parsons is a dog. But Pene Sewell is just as good, man.
1: As I like Parsons, is. by the way.
2: I like Michael Parsons, too.
1: I like no, I'm saying, like, I I like them coming out.
2: I like I know coming out. People, I like
1: them now. I know a lot of people are saying that, oh, he had character issues. That was his big thing. Everybody was saying, I know, no, I don't I'm want him. Sure. I, don't want, I don't want to touch him. He has character issues. Mm-hmm. I was like, come on, man. Like Kids, they do dumb shit all the time, man. He, that's not going to really be the, his character as an adult. So I wasn't I wasn't even looked at as far as like his character issues, as far as something that's going to hinder his NFL career. But now the same people that I were talking about his character issues, they love him. Mm-hmm. Oh, I wish I had him. <laughs> yeah, what it but- is, man.
2: I think the interesting thing now is though the Lions had the trade off from the Carolina Panthers and the Matthew Stafford deal, which they could have had the eighth overall pick in this last draft in the two thousand twenty one draft. At,
1: at, at that point, the, the fans uh, if they didn't, they wouldn't have had one hit it. No, no, no. It I it know at that point.
2: I, I, I'm just playing the hindsight twenty twenty card right now. I'm playing the hindsight game right now, but it is interesting and kind of fun to look back at. What if we got Pene Sewell and Micah Parsons had back to back picks, the seventh and the eighth pick in the two thousand twenty one draft, and we got both of them.
1: That'd have been nice, but the the Lions wouldn't have did that.
2: You don't think the Lions would have done that? I
1: don't know, man. They were talking about his character issues, saying that he he that's gets the call, fan base.
2: That's the fan base. That, I'm saying that
1: was that, that was media thing too. That's why you think he, he Michael Parsons was the best defensive player in his draft class. He was hands down coming in this draft class. He was the best defensive player in this draft class. He fell to what eleven? Eleven or ten? I think no. Ten, 10 was uh was Fields, right?
2: No, I think the flipped. I think Fields was eleven, and let me let me. No, I think
1: Fields was ten, and I think he he was eleven. He was picked after the Bears, so he fell all the way to number eleven due to character issues. That's that was ridiculous. This man was a beast. He was a beast in college.
2: Micah Parsons was the twelfth pick, actually
1: twelfth pick. Mm -hmm. So because of his character issues, they let the best defensive player fall to number twelve.
2: We wasn't pick him at
1: eight. I mean the.
2: The Lions, that's you know, I don't know, man. I think there's a chance the Lions could have picked them at eight. Because who else would you let's say they let's just let's have some fun right now. Let's say the Lions yeah. take that deal with the Panthers, they get Pineso at seven, who I think was ultimately the right pick because that was my number one on the board. If they don't, if, okay, so they got Pineso at seven at that board at that point, you're looking at Justin Fields, you're looking at those corners, either Patrick Sertain, you got JC Horn, and then you got Micah Parsons. I think Michael Parsons is the pick unless you go quarterback, unless you love Justin Fields. But I didn't get that intentions from the Lions front office that they love Justin Fields. If it was Trey Lance, I think they take Trey Lance and Panay Sewell back-to-back. Back. But I didn't think I didn't have that intentions that they love Justin Fields. So I'm playing fun right now. I think it would have been Micah Parsons.
1: You think so? I don't know, man. There Who do you think it would be then? Uh, at eight, it, there's a big chance it would have went Justin Fields, man. At eight.
2: I think that's possible because you know you have the Chris Spielman connection with Ohio State, and he's a big say in the front office. So I think that was possible, but I had no intention of the Lions taking a corner. I didn't. I had. I didn't think they're taking JC Horner, Patrick Sertain. I think Which it would be Mike Parsons.
1: Yeah, I, I wish. <laughs> I mean, we'll I don't we'll know. know. I don't we'll know, know we'll man. See.
2: We'll see with this upcoming draft. Obviously, you're not getting the eighth pick. You're not getting the Rams are not picking eighth this year. So we have their pick this year. So we'll see what we can do with that pick. And hopefully we could look back at this time next year and say, hey, I mean it ended up being all well. We we got a stud player at that Rams pick, regardless. So that's hopefully the that's you know the optimistic view, and hopefully that would that ends up happening.
1: Yeah. So let me ask you a question. If Panaceo would have went off the board, who do you think the Lions would have draft? I think it's Michael Barsons or, Rashawn Slater.
2: If... or, or, or Rashawn Slater. I actually yeah, think I, it has been
1: Rashawn Slater. 100% think it would have been Rashawn Slater.
2: Yeah, I forgot about it because I, I, I just took out the possibility that we we were like – when you said Panay off the board, I just assumed that we had an offensive lineman already, but obviously we don't have Panay in that instance. So, yeah, yeah I think it would have been Rashawn Slater. If I was thinking more of like if we had seven and eight and we had Panay Sewell. No, but I think if Panay went five, Jamar Chase will say went six, so Jalen Waddle's on the board. I think they take Rashawn Slater at seven.
1: So this is and this scenario that you're talking about the eighth pick is if they would have pulled the trigger and with the Carolina Panthers, is what you're saying?
2: Mm-hmm. I think it's Parsons. Because you don't take Slater at that point, you don't go Sewell and Slater. That's just that's stupid. Um, that
1: amazing. That oh that'll be amazing. By the way,
2: but you have Taylor Decker. You don't. That's just play one of
1: them at guard. I don't care.
2: <laughs> we have a good <laughs> offensive line. That was just, that would be non-productive.
1: Yeah, I mean I don't know. I
2: think Micah Parsons would have been the pick. Maybe. I mean, I know they don't really view linebackers in this game very heavily. They only play two linebackers usually. So, but Micah Parsons, man, he's he would have been fun. Man, you could put him on
1: the edge. He would have been great. I loved him. I just I loved him. I just don't he's- like it's just the whole fact that he fell so hard in this draft because people are worried about his character. People are so worried about his character from one mistake he did.
2: Who do you think would have taken him, though? Like, I, I think it's just a, kind of how the draft board felt. I don't think there was really a team that just was in desperate need of a linebacker at that point.
1: Anybody could have taken Michael. Brother. Either the, the the Philadelphia Eagles could have taken Michael Parsons. Anybody, I think a lot of people. Uh, there's a lot of teams that could have could use a Michael Parsons. Well, a lot of
2: Philly, teams. Philly took who? Devontae's even t- t- even teams,
1: t- even teams before us. I think Michael Parsons is, you know, the, his production right now. He, and for what he did in college, he should have been a top five pick.
2: I mean, if you look back at it, um, I think if there's like a redraft, like we we see those like redrafts. If there's a redraft.
1: He's going. He's going too. Probably.
2: Probably. If there's a I redraft,
1: mean, he's, he's going to be he's going to be second overall.
2: Yeah, but it's just like if you're going off a player, yeah, he's going to be a top two player. But you got to factor positional needs at the time as well. Quarterbacks always, you know outdo linebackers or any other position, essentially. He's
1: like all linebackers. Does he play, like, edge sometimes, too? He does day? everything, did...
2: yeah. He's got 11 sacks this year, I
1: think. He's 11 sacks this year. He plays all the linebacker positions.
2: He plays everywhere. You can put him in the middle. His coverage yeah. has been solid, and he's, he gets the quarterback, man.
1: Yeah. No, I that think that he'd have been, been, been top five, man.
2: I think if we do a redraft, he probably would have been, too. But I think it's just the quarterback position always out outtakes An edge rusher or a linebacker at the point because he wasn't even like really listed as an edge at that time. He's just doing on (laughs) like he. I didn't think he would have eleven sacks. I didn't think he was that good of a player. I thought his coverage would have been more of his game, but he's doing everything right now, man. He's he's an ultimate beast.
1: Yeah, when when you watch the tape, man, even with him in um, in college, I saw he was doing is rushing the quarterback. Yeah, I was more of when watching him play was. Oh, man, look at the tackles for losses and the, and the QB sacks versus oh, him in coverage. I mean, wasn't too wasn't too sure about him in coverage.
2: Yeah, but he's doing fine in the NFL level in coverage. Yeah, he's doing yeah.
1: fine in coverage, man. So, yeah, he... Hmm.
2: He does everything, dude. Sideline to sideline, gets the quarterback. I think it would have been fun, man. I think it's an interesting scenario to think about because that was a legitimate possibility the Lions could have been picking back-to-back in that draft, and he was on the board. And you could have had Panay and Michael Parsons. So, I think that's something to chew on and something to kind of think about and just... You know,
1: Let, uh, let's, let's see, let's see how it works out next year. I mean, you know, yeah. this, this draft before we talk because.
2: No, this is a game you look back <sighs> in like three years and see how it ultimately all falls out. What you do with the Rams pick and yeah. doesn't end up outdoing that, that Panthers pick that, you know, that they offered you. Because I think it's, it's always gonna be hindsight, but it's, it's gonna be fun to look back at in a couple of years.
1: Yeah. Cause if they, if they still land one of those Ed rushers and probably just say with the Rams pick grab Devin Lloyd from Utah. Mm -hmm. I think that's going to be a phenomenal pick for the Detroit Lions.
2: Yeah, it's possible. So yeah, we we have to look at that obviously and see how the draft falls for this year. But I'm excited, man. I'm I'm excited for this upcoming draft and see how they could attack it because the players that they drafted this year, they're and the guys they signed as undrafted free agents have been, you know, they they, they've had I think a successful year. You know, you got Penay Sewell, he's been great. Levi Alim seen some minimal flashes. You want to see a little bit more, I think and then Amon Ross Saint Brown I think the last 2 weeks is really coming on to his own and then um Jacobs Jacobs and AJ Park have been really good for this football team and then guys like Ife Melafon we'll see more of him in the future and then Jamar Jefferson has been okay in his role.
1: Yeah, yeah definitely. So, so uh, Afani Afanu, Afanu Malafanu, mm-hmm. I'm still I'm still having trouble with this guy's name. Um <laughs> do you see him having cuz right now he's in the covid he's he was on the covid list, right? Yeah. All right, so he's going to, you think he's going to play next week or?
2: Yeah, I mean, assume he, I only actually, if he didn't test positive, I think he'll be fine. And if he's vaccinated, he could just have two two negative tests and he could play. So, okay,
1: yeah, I was just asking because I was a little worried about our corner position, but we'll talk about that on Wednesday, bro.
2: Yeah, that'll be on Wednesday, which we have a special guest. We have a special guest. Yes, yes,
1: we do. Yes, we do. So we'll save it for that.
2: All right, guys, a uh, little off topic, but I thought that was fun just to kind of, you know, look back at this last draft and some scenarios that the Lions could have potentially had and maybe to look at some future scenarios that the Lions could have this year with the Rams pick when the season's ultimately all finished and we know exactly where that pick is and obviously on draft day how the board ends up actually falling off. But hope you guys all enjoyed this episode of the Pride Podcast. Again, we'll be live on Wednesday on uh, with the Arizona Cardinals preview. And we have a special guest joining us. So stay tuned for that. And on Sunday, we'll actually be live on Spotify Green Room doing a live show right before the Arizona Cardinals game, talking about the inactives and actives. And we'll be live right after that game as well. If you guys can't make it, no worries. It'll be on the feed. So you guys can always re listen to it. So thank you guys so much for coming to the Spotify Green Room. Thank you guys so much for listening right now. And I'm out, guys. Peace.
1: All right, y'all. It's your boy Malcolm, and I am out. Peace.